This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. Well, we need more than two running backs, so certainly I think you'll see us make a couple acquisitions along the way. Uh, we think Keaton Mitchell is going to come back from his knee injury. Uh, Justice is a player last year, probably one of the unsung heroes of our whole team, I would say. Um, you know, we're still talking to Gus. Uh, we'll talk to JK, a couple free agents that we had. Um, hopeful that we can get something done with those guys. Uh, we've looked at the draft class. Probably not, you know, as deep as some other positions that we'll see in this year's draft class. There are some UFAs this year in the draft. I mean, in free agency, some talented players that we will look at as well. But I think it's probably safe to say that we'll have more than two running backs on the roster at some point, And we will definitely have a plan for that position. Up in the air. It's up in the air. You know, we don't have uh, we don't have uh, a lot of guys under contract right now. We've got Justice. Just love the way Justice played. He was incredible all year. Took another step. I think he's a great player. Uh, then after that, we just got to see. I mean, we'd love to get Gus back. You know, JK's floating around out there. Just guys have been with us. Uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. EDC and Harbs, they spoke this morning at the Combine. Eric around 10.30, John around 11.15, and that's both of them talking about the running back situation. And obviously, Justice Hill is currently the only healthy running back under contract. Keaton Mitchell should be back at some point, but you wonder what he looks like coming off that gruesome injury. And then, of course, you've got guys available, free agency, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. We don't think they're bringing Gus back. We'll see about J.K., and they did both mention there's some big name guys on the market as well. Yeah, yeah. His mic's not on. Uh, yeah, so uh, well, let's get let's get you let's get your mic on. Probably because uh, now my mic's off. There, my bear, I am. Uh, we got some problems in River City. We'll get Jason's mic on momentarily. Uh, go talk. We got me. Yes. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey. yeah. Yeah. I um. I thought it was interesting that EDC at least propped open the door a little bit there, acknowledging that there are some pretty interesting unrestricted free agent running backs out there. But uh, both these guys, I, I, you know, we're, we're I, I thought certainly in a good mood. We're, we're talkative. We're we're fairly informative for um, a forum like this where you don't really expect to learn a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I thought their comments on the running back position were interesting. We know how much the Ravens have made running the football and playing solid defense their lifeblood. And I don't think that's going away. 
and they are incredibly thin right now. It is still only February, but they're very thin. And I think the Keaton Mitchell situation is going to bear extreme monitoring given um, how horrific of an injury that was and the timing of when it took place and how much speed and burst and being the quickest, most elusive guy on the field. That That's the whole reason he's made it to this yes. level in the first place. Um, and they're going to want to run the ball. And it's been a long time here since there's been a main guy in the run game, right? I mean, you've got to go back to 2019 and Mark Ingram. Yeah. Maybe it's time to dip back into that. Well, with an unrestricted free agent running back out of Alabama. Uh, maybe. Yeah, there's a couple of them out there. I'm thinking of the younger one who's not nearly as beat up and doesn't have a 2,000-yard season but is better in the pass game. Um, so it's I think the running back part of this is very intriguing. And they both said it. They're going to have to address this probably in a multitude of ways. And unlike most drafts, this one is not overflowing with value at that position. So... It, it may be multiple free agent plays and one, you know, complete nothing burger or, you know, and one making some money. Zach Moss is another interesting name yeah. that's out there who might kind of split the difference between bringing in a J.K. Dobbins, you know, hoping he stays healthy on a vet minimum contract and paying Josh Jacobs $10, 11000000 million in a year, right? You'd have, you'd have a middle ground, a middle class there, and there's not a big middle class at that position in this league, but I think Zach Moss would, would kind of slide in there and, and give you that. Um, and his elusiveness and his ability to win in space would be interesting in this in this offense. But they're going to have to devote some significant time, energy, and resources into getting this running game to where we've expected it to be. Because let's be real, the default is not going to be run Lamar more. Not, not very often, not to the degree we've seen it in the past. And... Uh, you know, hopefully in the future when it is time to do that, because like the season's on the line, and if you don't get first downs, you're not going to play any more mm. football. Like when they get to that part of the season, yeah. then maybe it's okay if he has to run it 12 or 15 times. But we know through the course of a 17-game season, it's no longer going to be, let's see if Lamar can run for 1,500 yards. Like that's over. No, I, yeah. He, they, I, I think that he's a weapon, but yeah, they don't want to overwork that kid or that man at this point. Yeah. And, and I also think that, let's face it, uh, they also can't lose the plot in the big games and forget they have a running game at all, which they did first against Tennessee at home as a one seed and then against Kansas City this past season as a one seed. Maybe, and maybe if you have a, a bell cow there running you go. back. It's a little harder yeah. to admit, like, oh, well, did this guy get his two? Did this guy yeah. get his three? Did this guy get his two? Like, when you have a bell cow running back and he hasn't been on the field for, you know, four, five, six, seven plays in a row, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, so we're going to hear from Harbs and EDC a lot uh, during the show today. But uh, interesting to hear them talk, and and uh, also nice. And we'll hear we'll hear uh, Eric in uh, next segment. But nice of him to finally concede that they will will tag Matabike if uh, if they can't get a deal done. You've got nothing to lose by just saying the obvious, right? And sometimes it's just for the good of whatever. Just being a little bit transparent and not playing games, you just kind of say that, yeah, he's he's our most important free agent, and we're only allowed to keep one guy off the market, and if we can't get a long-term deal with him, he's the one we're going to keep off the market. And I think there's also implied in that certain position groups respond differently to um, that franchise tag mechanism. And my experience covering this league for a long time is the guys in the trenches 
usually take that bird in hand come middle of July because of the injury risk, because of how much weight they carry, because of how many collisions they take on. Um, and look, how many more times is Justin Matabike going to be able to cash in off a 13-sack season? We yeah. hope, we hope yeah. more. But, like, he could have a hell of a career. Like, he could absolutely perform to the level of his of, of what he's paid and never sniff 13 sacks again yeah, in a season yeah. at that position. And that's where the money comes. Yes, sir. You know, if he's a really good run stuffer and and has some pressures but doesn't get the sacks, then that then the value isn't the same. So I think it only made sense for them to do this. We all knew they were going to do this. And, yeah, for Eric to concede the obvious, good for him. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Justin knows it's happening, yeah, too. of course. Like his agent has informed Same, him. There's no, there's no downside to not just acknowledging that. Yeah, this is what the franchise tag was invented for. I do love and 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 Twitter is an interesting space, and and obviously news whatnot. But this this there there is from some circles surprise that he's going to get tagged. I see writers in other cities will take this guy off the board. He's not available. Well, if you're paying attention, there's no chance he was ever going to be available. So you should have crossed him off a long time happening. ago. Wasn't happening. So we now, and the other thing is, Jason, they got to get to work pretty quickly and maybe figure out some stuff while they're in Indianapolis because free agency starts in less than two weeks. Don't kid yourself. Free agency's happening right now. It's happening at the Conrad Hotel. It's happening at the Embassy Suites Hotel. It's happening at St. Elmo's Elmo's and the bar above St. Elmo's. Uh, Yeah, it's happening in every nook and cranny in Indianapolis right now. Talks going on as we speak. Yes, sir. And this is uh, this is the time because there's no guys on the field yet doing their uh, drills and stuff. No, trust me. Even when those guys are on the field, think, look at how many coaches aren't even going anymore. Yeah, I saw that. Like McVay started that trend. He yeah. started a lot of trends. Belichick wasn't going yeah. the last couple years. Yeah, McVay started the trend of not playing anybody in the preseason, yep. and he started the trend of like, you know what? I don't need to be at the combine. He's a smart cookie. Harbsy though, uh, he likes going to the combine. Yeah, I mean, hey. And Jim's there as well. Now, is Harb's going to stay all freaking eight days? I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is there a lot to get done if you're there, like, for a head coach? Do you no, need to be there no. the whole time? No. No. So you no talk. You know. There's other ways to maximize your time. You talk, and then you leave. Hey, we have a big Tuesday show. We are bone out once again. He'll be back tomorrow. Guess-wise, uh, Terps, big win against Rutgers on the road. On Sunday, they take on Northwestern. Tomorrow, we'll talk to Chris Knocke. He's part of the broadcast here on 1057 The Fan at 2.30. Our weekly chat with Rita Hubbard at 3.30. We'll talk some NFL draft with Trevor Sikema. Uh, he's for the draft analyst pro football focus. Jared Seidler from Baseball Prospectus. We'll talk to him at 4.30. What's he think of the Orioles' uh, farm system, their prospects? He's at 4.30. Yeah. um, We're playing the hits, man. Maryland basketball, hope is not lost. If they run the table and get to 10-10 and in conference, going into the conference tourney, who knows? Great things happening in Sarasota, including Grayson Rodriguez on the mound. We'll keep you abreast of all that. And Grayson had a very strong outing. Throughout the afternoon, we'll hear from Sarasota. We'll hear from the Combine, um, where it's liar season, but sometimes there's kernels of truth. That's some kernels. Yeah, we get you know where to look. We'll, we'll you can uh, mine a kernel or two. We'll we'll, uh, we'll try to read between the lines. It's the only way to That's go fair. this time of year. Hey, coming up next, Purple Rain in the forecast, and we go back out to Indianapolis. Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh spoke. We'll hear from him next here on The Fan. Inside Access.
Yes. It's always going to be a, a priority. You know, that's Coach Harbaugh from 2008 on. We have to have a big, strong, imposing offensive line. So we'll continue to build that out. Obviously, this year we're going to have probably some change on the offensive line in different ways. Um, remains to be seen exactly what that looks like. We will have a plan. Fortunately, this is a deep draft class as well. So we'll have a lot of different options in different rounds for players that we like at the offensive line position. At, at tackle and also guard. The offensive line is where it starts. We talked about that in 2008. It's been true forever. You know, you went in the trenches first, right? So uh, we, we think that we're offensive line centric in our philosophy, and uh, we've got some question marks in our offensive line. So there's going to be some rebuilding that's going to have to be done in there, and we, we're getting to it already. Uh, it's going to be really probably the most important thing we do on offense. Well, I think we made a statement on that. Uh, we're aware of the situation. Uh, obviously, domestic violence is something that we're deeply concerned about, and we will continue to assess the situation as it unfolds. So you heard Eric and John both talk about the offensive line, and we've documented the issues at tackle, and both guards are free agents at the moment. So there's going to be some turnover on this line. And then Eric uh, asked about Zay Flowers and basically said, look, we, we gave a statement. We don't like domestic violence, but we don't have anything to add at this time. So there you have that. Yeah, Um Obviously, they were going to be asked about the Zay Flowers situation. Um, the NFL is looking into it. Well, we'll it'll, it's a long offseason, and I think it'll be quite some time before we have any resolution there. Um, if you're the league, you're not in any rush to make any statements because, again, this really isn't about doing the best investigation possible. It's about optics and PR. And if you think that there is a chance that things are going to get out that – present this situation in a light that you haven't addressed post haste, then why not just wait? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like why, why they're not going to be in any hurry to make any decisions. Because again, if, if there is certain evidence and that evidence hits TMZ or social media or whatever, it tends to change the way these cases are viewed. Sure. So, I wouldn't expect any resolution there. In the meantime, the Ravens operate um, as they see fit. I, I did think some of the meteor uh, content coming out of there this morning, though, was about the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Both the coach and the GM spoke fairly effusively about the work they need to do on the offensive line. And I, I felt like you could kind of take them at their word. There. I, I, I don't know. I it, it It signaled to me a little bit like, Maybe they're speaking a little bit to Ronnie, and they're certainly speaking to the fan base that, like, yeah, that five-man unit's probably not coming back. No. You know, we're not running it back, and there's going to be some changes, and we've got to always be looking to get bigger, younger, stronger there. And, yeah, we got a lot to do there. You know, could John Simpson come back with another one-year deal? Maybe. He was okay at guard, and he's a guard. I, I think... I think Kevin Zeitler's probably done because you have to carry the dead money yep. and sign a new deal now. And we know about the Ronnie and the Morgan Moses of it all. And I, I think Morgan Moses gets cut. So I don't think they're both back. No. Uh, so, yeah, this thing's going to look a lot different than it did this past year. Yeah, I think we're going to hear a lot coming out of the castle, both whispered and said out loud, about the quality of the offensive linemen in this draft and certainly their history of drafting offensive linemen. Um they're, they have a lot of quality in identifying them and finding guys who can move around and fill multiple holes, and they they certainly prize versatility there. Um, you know, at, at what point is somebody younger 
maybe a little more durable than Patrick McCarry and cheaper in that role as the swing tackle mm. as well. Even if a Lele doesn't, let's say, become their next right tackle, I think certainly he's shown enough to be the 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 backup at either left tackle or right tackle. So yeah, uh, one of the clear takeaways today was changes in the air in that offensive line room. More from the combine, Eric DaCosta, and he was asked about Geno Stone. Geno, I'm very proud of Geno. He was a seventh round pick, and you know Geno might be the best seventh round pick that we've ever had. Playmaker, uh, attitude, special teams, just an excellent season this year. Been cut, been brought back. Just uh, I love his his cerebral nature. I love his attitude on the field. He he fancies himself an un, an overachiever. I love that about him. Um, he's uh, you know he's put himself in an awesome position. We're fortunate that we have some some good safety depth, and I'm not really sure exactly what that means for Geno and the Ravens. But regardless, I know he's going to be a great pro if he doesn't come back and play with us. He's going to be a great pick for some player for somebody else, and I would expect him to have a great career. Sounds like he's saying Eagle. bye-bye to Gino Eagle. Stone. <laughs> yeah. Eagle. Uh, thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your service. And thank, thank you for, for your service. service. Yes. Uh, you balled out for us on a budget. Yes. And you have put yourself into a stratosphere that we can no longer um, get to to keep you in the role that we have you in. Mm. Somebody else is going to go play you 85-plus percent of the yes. time. That's not going to happen here. Vaya con Dios. Yeah, uh, yeah, that seemed pretty obvious. He's going to be a starter somewhere else. More from Eric Dacosti. Talks about John Harbaugh filling the holes in his coaching staff. The majority of that. You know, I would help him and give him advice. Last year, I was probably more involved in the interview process with the uh, coordinator search than I was this year. Uh, but I think John does an amazing job building out his staff. I think last year's staff was really an incredible job of building out and helping our team. So I, we feel really good about the guys that we brought in this year. A lot of work was done by the assistant coaches, by the coordinators, and by John to get that done. And we're excited about the skills that they bring to the table. So you, you heard from Eric on that. The, the names aren't as big as they were a year ago when they were adding to the staff, but no. he has filled the coaching staff. Yeah, and it, it's a lot of guys with college expertise, guys who, let's face it, Harbs knows through his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the most significant change came from within in Zach Orr. There wasn't a whole lot um, of hand-wringing that had to be done over that or, you know, you're not checking somebody's references and resources. The references are all from within. So, yes, definitely a different vibe than a year ago um, where they're bringing in an offensive coordinator from outside and the year before that where they at least considered, I think, some people outside the building and Mike McDonald at that time himself was outside the building. When they made that change. I mean, he hadn't been outside the building that long, but he was outside the building. Uh, more from Eric DaCosta. Could Odell Beckham return? Great, great guy. I love Odell. Uh, he's become a great friend of mine and a, a friend to the Ravens. And, you know, I think we'll just kind of assess and see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Harbs also said he's got his fingers crossed on mm-hmm. Odell. That was, I think that was a good buy. That was smoochy boochies to yeah. me. That that was, he didn't say anything about Odell, the football player, Odell, how much he meant to our room. Odell, yeah, yeah you guys think maybe 15 wasn't worth it, but there's more than just receptions and yak. Odell's my friend. Can we hear it again? Odell? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not like, what? Did he say we text? Is that what he is? Great, great guy. I love Odell. Uh, he's become a great friend of mine and a, a friend to the Ravens and, 
you know, I think we'll just kind of assess and see what happens over in the next couple of weeks. I must have read he, he put him in text he, put, he, he said that at the start. Yeah. He put him in the friend zone. Yeah. He got T-boned. Yeah. He got put oh, right in the wow. friend zone. He got barbalaced. Yeah, oh, man, that's a yeah, that's not a place you want to be. <laughs> Unless you like wearing other people's boxers. Yeah, well, they've, oh, you know, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> no, I think that's a fact. Uh, uh, more from EDC. <laughs> more from EDC. The bone is, uh, he'll be back tomorrow. He'll discuss this and Somebody more. call in and ask him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eric DaCosta talks about the cap going up. I mean, it was nice to see the number. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're going to just open up the books and go shopping. I, I think that's not really the Ravens' way. But to have that buffer, so to speak, and to give buffer. us a little bit more flexibility along the way, it helps us this year. But it also helps us in the coming years as we project what we think that salary cap is going to be moving out in years. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 25 and 26 as well, so... It does give you a little bit of a picture of the landscape of football and what that means salary cap-wise from a roster-building standpoint. I think we're excited about the potential that we have to be a good team this year, and we think that uh, we'll have some flexibility to remain good in the coming years. It doesn't change a damn thing. Yeah. That's what he's telling yeah, you yeah. there. People doing cartwheels and flips over this, and yeah. every year it's their annual, oh, my God, prayers answered. It goes up for everybody. They are exactly where they were relative to the cap Versus everybody else in the league now, as they were before we found out it was going up more. They're not going to run around and throw a whole bunch of more of Silent Steve's money around. Now that this happened, it doesn't work that way. The same dudes that they wanted to cut yeah. previously and have to take a haircut to stay from, you know, if they want to hang around Mr. EDC's barbershop, trust <laughs> me, the extra $10 million extra, I'm using air quotes, don't change yeah. a damn thing. Hey, we'll hear from John Harbaugh later in the show, but coming up next, the Terps, they had themselves a nice win at Rutgers. They take on Northwestern tomorrow at 7, which means pregame coverage here on the fan starts at 6 o'clock. 
Chris Knocky calling the game with Johnny Holiday and Walt Williams. Chris joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. Jameer's got a hurry. Goes to the corner. Wide open jumper by Geronimo. Nails it in front of the Rutgers bench. And that's a three. And obviously they have one of the best point guards in the country in Boo Booey. So, uh, and obviously Jameer and Boo went at it last time and really had a great battle. And, um, you know, we turned the basketball over a lot in the first half uh, against them. You know, they trapped the post on Julian. They were really physical and aggressive with us early and kind of bothered us. Uh, once we got used to the, their aggressiveness, we, we played much better in the second half. But uh, we got to take care of the basketball because they are a physical, physical basketball team. Terps beat Rutgers on Sunday, 63-46. Jordan Geronimo had a double-double, 11 points, 11 rebounds. And you heard uh, Kevin Willard as the Terps take on Northwestern tomorrow. That was a hell of a game at Northwestern, a game that uh, Boo Booey got the last laugh on Jameer Young. And here's the rematch tomorrow. And joining us now as we head out to the WGK Law Guest Hotline, he'll be on the call with Johnny Holiday and Walt Williams tomorrow right here on The Fan. It's Chris Knocky. And Chris, anything we can do, and thanks for joining us as always, anything we can do to get Get Jordan Geronimo's family to travel with the team because uh, or play pl- more games in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, because playing in front of family did did wonders for him. Yeah, you know, uh, good for him. Uh, I'm happy for Jordan, and I, I'm also happy that you know, uh, kind of a subplot here later on this week on Sunday afternoon. Of course, Indiana comes to town, mm. and we played Indiana early in the season, and. Uh, Jordan going back to the school he transferred from really struggled in that game. I felt terrible for him because he clearly was a little bit nervous. The crowd was on him a little bit, and he just he didn't handle it well. And uh, so hopefully he gets that kind of payback here this weekend too because he sure did play himself a hell of a game on uh, uh, this past weekend at Rutgers. I mean, I'm I'm dreaming of a scenario now where he and Traore are both playing above the rim with energy and 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 – effectiveness, uh, dare I say it, maybe even at the same time, if we're <laughs> able to go to even more of a rotation. Am I crazy? So, oh man, you know, now we're going down the rabbit hole here. But so, <laughs> so to your point, I like I, every time Traore has stepped on the court, good things have happened for the, these guys, you know? And yet when Geronimo played as well as he did, and of course Julian uh, Julian's just playing his tail off right now. Um, just there's a there's a minutes crunch, you know, and uh, so unfortunately for Matty, he's the he's the odd man out. Uh, but yeah, I you know I think the the staff would love to get him some more minutes. Um, again, you know when you get Jordan flying around like he was, yeah, it's hard to take him off the court. Chris, uh, last year it seemed like Jameer Young seemed to tire at the end of the season, and it just it feels like he's doing it again this year. Two for nine from the field, and he was six of ten from the line, including missing two front ends. Does he look tired to you? You know, I mean, tired for Jameer is. Uh, I, I mean, I've never really seen that. I think there is some fatigue that goes on uh, with him, and I think it, you're right. It's, it's you see it sort of uh, manifest itself in in the missed free throws. Um, you know, I, I, you probably have to ask Jameer that. He's certainly playing with the same energy level. Uh, I just worry about the production. I, I will say this. I, I'm, I was so impressed by what he did. Uh, that was a clearly a game plan by Rutgers and their head coach, Steve Peichel, is a very good defensive coach. Clearly a game plan designed to do one thing, and that's to wall off and keep Jameer out of the paint. 
and they really did it. And what Jameer was able to do, because there were so many people supplying help, was he distributed the ball. It was not, might have been one of his best games as a point guard. And uh, his shooting wasn't great, and um, certainly stunning to see him go six for ten from the free throw line. You could go two seasons and not yeah. miss four free throws. But um, he did his job. He did what he's supposed to do as a point guard. He got other guys involved. And uh, I think he'd be more than happy to score 12 points a game if it meant everybody else was pitching in and they were winning games. As a coach, I'm guessing of all the things that we saw go well there at uh, what, the place formerly known as the Rack, what is it, Jersey Mike, the big summer? Jersey Mike, I don't know, yeah, what do they call it, the big, the big hoagie? Um, how about 18 points allowed in the first half? That's not too shabby. Yeah, and um, Rutgers was getting no looks. And then when they did, they're, they're just they're a challenged team offensively. And there are two teams that were challenged yeah. a little bit <laughs> offensively. But Terps had a much better uh, luck on the offensive backboards. That was a huge part of the game as well. Uh, and Julian Reese, i got to tell you, you know, in kind of a little-known thing that you, you, know, you have to appreciate about him. There are a few guys in the league that came into the league about the same time he did. Um, you know, one is uh, Omori there in, in, in Rutgers. The other one is Caduce Wahab, you know, who he played behind when Wahab was, you know, had, had a cup of coffee in College Park with the Terps. Um, and all Julian has done, with the exception of Zach Eady, he has gotten better and better than any of those other guys in the league. He's just, he's, he's rocketed past those guys. And as long as he's able to keep himself on the court and out of foul trouble, he is a... He's a problem for other teams. We're talking to Chris Knocky to Inside Access here on The Fan. Chris, we were talking yesterday, and and allow us to dream for a minute. It doesn't, like, is it unrealistic, or is it realistic to think that they could beat Northwestern Indiana at home? And I know Penn State's been a house of horrors, but they're not a great basketball team. Like, could they run this table and finish 500 in conference? Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) Uh, of course they could. <laughs> See, I, I think when I you look at the Big Ten, there's Purdue and there's everybody else. Right. And anybody else can beat anybody else. And it's, and it's true, you know, looking at it from Maryland's perspective or Northwestern's perspective or Indiana. It's just uh, they're all – I would never have thought that Ohio State, for instance, could go in, not just beat Purdue, you know, after having fired their head coach. Then they go and win at Michigan State. Who would have figured that one out? Uh, so there's just not a whole lot of difference between a lot of these teams. And uh, Terps feel like they're starting to play well, you know, play better now, more guys playing better. Deshaun Harris-Smith seems to have had the mm-hmm. light go on a little bit. And um, I like what Jamie Kaiser's doing on the court, even when he's not shooting the ball particularly well. He's he, he's just, he's a loose ball magnet, gets to share rebounds, and you know fight for you defensively. Uh, so what, what's got to go right to win this thing tomorrow to now get it to 8-10 and 10 and, and allow us to get one step closer to this prophecy of a 10-10 and 10 Big Ten regular season? You have to try and stay in front of Boo Boo. You have to defend that. I think this is a very good three-point shooting team, yeah. Northwestern is, although they did suffer a terrible loss. Ty Berry, who a really great player and a good, good glue guy as well. They lost him for the season to a knee injury a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but they've continued to play well. Um, and uh, they've got some big bodies inside. They just sort of throw numbers at you in the interior. Um, I think the Terps just have to play the way they've played the last couple of games, to be honest with you. I thought even against the Wisconsin, 
uh, there was a stretch in the first half where we put Terps uh, put Wisconsin on the line way too much, but the quality of play was pretty damn good. And I thought the quality of play against Rutgers was outstanding. Uh, particularly given that you're on the road. Chris, we, we were playing uh, Coach Willard's cut yesterday about like we're 20 points away from being yeah. a ranked basketball team. And when I first heard it, can you roll your eye a little bit? And then we went through it. And you're like, after the Indiana and Purdue games where they, they got beat pretty right. pretty handily, we're like, oh, Northwestern, they should have won that one. Michigan State, they should have won that one. At least one. split with Michigan yeah, State. Yeah, yeah. The Rutgers game at home, should have won that one. At Ohio State, heck, you hit some free throws, should have won that one. And, and we kind to realize he's not too far off no no and you know what i think for if you've been around the block here a little bit this feels like like some payback a little bit because there was a stretch of maryland basketball when mellow trimble and anthony cowan were running the point that maryland seemed to win every close game and um and it's funny because ken palm the ken palmeroy does the ken palm rankings uh, had Maryland <laughs> there were two or three years where he had them uh he he had their luck quotient just way out of control like like they're lucky as hell they just win every close game and and Maryland fans of course would complain <laughs> it's not luck if you continue to do it if you continue to do it it means you're you're good you know you win close games so i I don't know if it's payback yet or what it is, but it's crazy how close this season maybe it speaks to the way college basketball is right now man it's just there's yeah. you know there's just few possessions in any given year sort of are are directional and it and it kind of predicate dictates where you know you, where your season is headed and where it's going terps host northwestern tomorrow it's a seven o'clock start which means pregame coverage starts right here on the fan at six chris Naki will be on the call with johnny holiday and walt williams chris thanks as always man we appreciate it Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good Thank talking. you. Hey, coming up next, we'll hit the hot corner, and the O's are playing a baseball game this afternoon against the Tigers. How did Grace Rodriguez do? Jackson Holiday, Kobe Mayo. We'll get you updated next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. Inside Access to the Orioles. Brooks, Cal. It's the hot corner with Jason, Ken, and Tim Barberlees. Sponsored by Home Life Roofing and Remodeling. Bone out Tuesday. He'll be back tomorrow, heading back from Florida. Orioles playing in Sarasota right now. Lead the Tigers 5-2 in the sixth. Uh, the good news first, Grayson Rodriguez went two innings. Gave up just one hit, which was a win-aided home run to left, which wouldn't have left Camden Yards. He did uh, walk one, but struck out two. So looking yeah, good. two three-pitch strikeouts. Yeah. So I'm, I'm A-OK with Grayson Rodriguez's work. He threw 37 pitches. That's a little high, but beyond that, I can't begin. I'm nitpicking there. I thought, yeah, he- no, I mean, this is his first outing. This is just get a little work in, uh, and you're getting swing and miss. Anytime you do that, I'll I'll take it. I'd love to be able to tell you more about it, but at Smith Stadium, one of the one of the ones in the Grapefruit League yeah. without Statcast data available. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll have more for you when the O's are on the road. Yeah, we we can't give you anything other than than that. Uh, Jackson Holiday got his first hit today. He's one for three in the game, uh, so no, you don't have to worry about him anymore uh, getting base hits. Well, yeah, and if you were people, worried, you're people, a jackass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, more more importantly, he continues to look smooth uh, at second yes. base, moving left. Right, more is asked of that position now that they have changed the rules about shifts, and so he looks not out of place at all there. So that's great. 
Um, in other defensive news, Kobe Mayo, and he's crushing it at the plate, and he's got another RBI and another hit today. Double. But he's also playing so far exclusively at third base. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets more action than he's gotten. I hope they continue that. I hope it works out. That would really be something. Um, but that's another kid. What is he, 21, who is looking every bit the part of someone who's going to be here sooner rather than later. I don't think he's going to break camp. But it's great to see him off to a great start. We continue to see Jorge Mateo at shortstop, yeah. which, like, there's part of me that likes it because we're seeing a lot of Enrique Bradfield Jr. at center field, and that intrigues me. But, like, on a day that you're going to have Heston Kerstad not try to catch a fly ball at all, right? He's you're going to DH him. Yeah. Wouldn't that feel like a day where you experiment with Jorge Mateo in the outfield? Well, well not only this day, but we were told that Jorge Mateo was going to be in the running for this uh, super utility role, and we haven't seen him in center field at all. I mean, unless he shagged flies for a week before he, game started, and they just saw enough. Then said it's Could they working. have seen enough? Yeah. Well, or, it's, or just or, anointed or, All systems go. Or yeah. let's just keep yeah. working him at short yeah. because we're, he's good there. Now, this spring training, I would have thought we'd see, we'd have seen him multiple times in the outfield by now, and we haven't seen him once. By the way, Mayo officially 22, and he not only got a double today and drove in a run, but he walked also. Yeah. Um, again, there's so many kids who are knocking on the door here. Uh, and then, yeah, on the, you know we touched a little bit on, on Grayson, but I, I think really probably the biggest development of any in this game is Dylan Tate coming in, throwing a clean inning and looking the part. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, remember, I, I know recency bias, and a lot of guys have stepped up since he, he suffered his original injury that ended up costing him pretty much all of last season. But he was a really useful weapon yes. that you could play around with in the seventh, eighth, or even ninth inning the year before that. And him throwing a clean inning, getting some swing and miss, getting a strikeout, that's awesome. Yeah, Dylan Tate, clean inning. Michael Bauman, clean inning with a strikeout. Nick Vespi did give up a run on two hits. And Chase McDermott, two-thirds of an inning, a hit and two walks, and he reached his pitch limit, so they had to pull him. Yeah, and I, I mean, look um, – We've seen Povich get a chance to start a game. We're seeing McDermott coming out of the pen. I, I I would imagine that they'll flip that around the next time through, and McDermott hasn't done a whole lot of relief work. Um, not that I think he's earmarked for the pen anytime soon, but that that could be ultimately where he ends up. But you know he's going to have to work a little bit on his command and pitch efficiency. Uh, but that's a, a really intriguing um, arm that can get swing and miss with multiple pitches. It- In deep cut news, and a guy that probably has no chance to make the team, but Daniel Johnson, who's a 28-year-old outfitter, he's bounced around. He's three for three today with a single double and a triple. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time seeing him or a Hilliard breaking with this team, given how many kid outfielders they have. Like, one of those guys beating out a Kyle Stowers for a roster spot would seem odd. But, you know, are these they're going to need some veteran presences in Norfolk, and frankly... If your prospects at Norfolk are struggling and somebody gets hurt and you need an outfielder, there are crazier things that happen than a veteran added to the 40-man roster who comes up and helps you out at the major league level, even if it's only for a couple of series. So I think they're auditioning for a role like that. Yeah, and we've seen that last year. What was it, the Lester guy? uh, And he came up for a couple days, got a big hit. 
And then, of course, you release him, and he gets back. He gets back in the organization. Yeah. But yeah, he's a depth guy. He's Twenty-eight years old. With all the guys they have, it would take so it would take an act of God for him let's to make not, the team. Yeah, let's. That's yeah. It's not happening. But look, he he gets comfortable in your clubhouse. He gets comfortable um, with your you know your IT, your research, your game plans for how you want him to attack certain pitchers. And yeah, you never know when. You're going to need to call up a minor league free agent. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but a friend of the show and part of our Baltimore Baseball Tonight coverage, uh, Ryan Ripken down in Sarasota. I see Ryan tweeting. Show put it in the, the text uh, I did not stream, see that. So yeah. I, that's where, how I found out. Ryan's yeah. on top of everything. Yeah, I'm seeing him tweeves at the game today. Uh, so, yeah, made some insights from uh, Baltimore But he did Baseball. not. I guess he did not overlap with the bone. No. They missed each two shifts two passing ships, in the night. Yeah. Well, they one's bone in, one's bone out. Well, here's the reality. Have you ever seen them both in the same, same place? Cloth, yeah. Cut from the same cloth. They can't be together. Uh, but you'd think as close as they are that they would have yeah. just adjusted their schedules. Probably 12 hours would have made all the difference in the world. It's like you've got Coach Willard. Yes. 15, 17 points here or there is the difference. He said 20, but yes. 12 hours? Could even yeah. be maybe 8 hours, 9 hours? The difference between these two cloughing it up and Sarasota together versus... If I know Heading the, in opposite directions. If I know the bone like I think I do, he probably made a half-ass attempt to offer to buy Ryan some dinner or something. And Ryan, being the nice guy he is, he said, no, you don't have to. And Bone said, okay. Yeah. It yeah. could have been something like that. Yeah, because remember the time he was going to get Oh, yeah, yeah, with the pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Brian's like, no, you don't have to do that. He goes, okay. Then I won't. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't push the issue, the bump. Yeah. But it's good to have somebody from the extended IA family yes. down there in Sarasota with the bone now up here. I guess we think he's on his way up here. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's terra firma or not as he as he landed. As he wheels uh, down and I don't do planes. You guys would not be Yeah, mean, I'll be on a plane. I, tomorrow. I hope everything's going yeah. all right for the bone. Yeah. And he's back up here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long Ryan's down there. We'll effort to find that out. Yeah, we we will get a. I, we can send Ryan a message and find out how long he's going to be down there. Maybe I know we'll get Ryan he, on the show. I You'll will, be gone. But yeah, maybe yes. we'll get Ryan in. I will tell you. I know Ryan was at the airport today because it was documented on social media. So he just okay. got down there. Okay. So he's probably down there for I think the rest of the week. Yeah, you would think so. Hey, coming up next. Sounds like more good news coming for Oriole fans. A report in the Athletic says a. Uh, the Orioles sale will likely become official sooner rather than later. How soon? We're going to tell you next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.